You are listening to highlights from an episode of The Creative Process. To listen to the full interview and learn more about The Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. Sad thing to me is that in academia you can jump into studying mm-hmm. contemporary modern contemporary art without studying the Renaissance. You could mm-hmm. you could jump into abstract postmodern film mm-hmm. without studying the uh, uh, looking at the guys who began it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of uh, lacking because if you don't know the connective tissue to contemporary modern art, then really what are you looking at? I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take a genius teacher to teach that, you know? It all is just like, like somebody to set up the art and show you how. But I, I, I can't imagine going to study UCLA, mm-hmm. the temporary art, without taking a class in the Renaissance. I can't. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, I got to thank my mom and dad. You know, my dad was an uh, Army uh, jet helicopter pilot mm-hmm. in, in three wars, and they became a judge, and they traveled all the time. And my father and mother said get in the car we're going get in the car we're going get in the car we're going and I didn't really want to travel I didn't want to sit in the back of a car I had no interest in traveling but I'm so happy they made me travel you know we sew our kid into uh, you know LA people don't travel they go to they go to they go to Mammoth to go skiing they go to Hawaii that's about it you know I can't believe it when we had a kid when Sherry and I had we had, I have an 8 year old when Teddy was born all these people said oh you're going to give up the house in Italy right I mean you're not going to go to Italy anymore and I go why? Why am I not? Why am I not going to go to Paris and, and mm. France and Italy and in London and Spain? Why? Why am I not going to do that? Because people in LA don't. Ah, it's they crazy. live in the sanctity, the sanctity of this weather and protection. It's it's and, beautiful. And they, they don't get traveling. Yeah. Well, I think you know we more and more people around the world are living these curated lives. And yeah. That idea of being curious. You know, my father was like, fascinated with history. My uncles and my, my cousins are all like brainiacs. And mm-hmm. my brother was a brainiac. And I, I wanted to play catch up all, but thank God my father mm-hmm. infused me, both my mother and father infused me with a curiosity about what, how the world works mm-hmm. and travel. And there's yeah. nothing that delivers compassion. For curiosity in your fellow man more than travel, you know. Um, you could sit in Beverly Hills all your life and wait for the cows to come home, but you're not going to learn much. Yeah, I think it's, it's really true because there's there's so many different ways of looking at the world, you know. But if you don't go somewhere else, you're not going to... It's so humbling, I think, you know, because you become like it a is baby. It humbling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it makes, makes you a baby again. Yeah. Yeah. And babies... I was in Japan, and the, my co-judge, I was with Jean Moreau, the great Jean Moreau. Oh, yes. <laughs> Truffaut's yes. uh, Jules Jim. Mm. And uh, I was with Mike Metaboy, a phenomenal producer, Orion, a producer Robocop. And I was with Vittorio Storaro. Vittorio Storaro started as a specialist color cinematographer with guys like Dara Gento, later became Benalucci's guy, and then... One baby's guy and five Oscars later, you know, Apocalypse Now, et cetera. I'm with him, and he's got Versace. And uh, I asked him who is his favorite painter. 
and he goes, the favorite painter, he says, Peter, have you been to Padua to see Giotto in the Capella Scrovegni? And I go, Giotto again, man? No, I said, I never, I don't even know it. I don't even know what Giotto is. And he took his scarf, he threw it over his shoulder, a lot of my friends know this. And he said, okay, non posso valare insieme de belle arte. We can't talk about art. Yeah. And I said, I said to him, I said, say pretentioso. <laughs> pretentious. And Vittorio said, no, do say pretentioso. Because you are like everyone who gets into contemporary art. You think you can talk about Rothko or Rosenberg or Stai Twomley or whatever, but you have no context. Because if you have not seen Giotto, if you do not know who Giotto is, if you have not seen the first one by six five framing of space, time, dimension, color, everything in the Capella Scrovegni, if you not, if you do not have a hinge from Giotto, all of your talk, I'm paraphrasing him, is just empty. It's just fraud because you have no context. And so I go, okay, enough of this. And we go uh, to see Giotto in a day when you could sit in that chapel, which is no longer than, I don't know, 30 yards, and look at those frames of the story of Mary and the story of Jesus, and just look at the framing, the depth, the passion, the crying, the kiss at the bridge between Roger and Anne, the, the tears of Mary. You know, this is a 1305, man. Mm. This is not like... Uh, William Wyler, you know, in the best years of our lives. Mm -hmm. This is like 1305. Mm -hmm. And we are dumbfounded. So where do you start with the Renaissance? Well, it's not like picking up a book on, I'm sorry. Um, it, 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 it's not like picking up, a, a, you, know, a, you know, a book on, uh, on Paul Clay. Mm -hmm. you, Renaissance is poetry. It's war. It's economics. It's, it's, uh, it's not just art. But it's mm -hmm. the patronage of art, it's the intellectual mm -hmm. history, it's Machiavelli, it's how the, everything affected the patronage. It's the first time people started keeping records of contracts and stuff. It's mm -hmm. immense. Yeah. You can't study that on your own. I mean, mm -hmm. you can, but you're never going to touch the surface. So I talk. It's just as fascinating to play an arc of a guy like Stan Liddy mm -hmm. on, on Dexter on Dexter mm -hmm. right a cocaine cowboy going south mm -hmm. and people come up to you and go like how about this morality going on people go yo you're really bad Dexter I say, I'm sorry Dexter cuts up people under a plastic sheet <laughs> and you're calling Stan Liddy bad guy you know the, the, how they, the goof that they've played on the audience and then my intellectual advisor at UCLA, Peter Stacey, a genius from Cambridge, a, a, a jackboot, mm -hmm. leather boy, earring, mm -hmm. cigarette-smoking, punker, gifted dude, wanted to come to the set. Mm -hmm. He's my advisor, my intellectual advisor. He said, you want to come to the set of Dexter? He goes, yeah. Because, and he gets on the set and he's talking to uh, Michael and, you know, and the, the cast. He says, the reason why the Brits love Dexter is because it's America. Mm -hmm. It's because it's America, because America is founded in blood. Mm -hmm. And it's righteous ideas. You gotta take the morality out of Dexter. 
at your height, and you got a red-haired Huckleberry Finn dude with a blonde-haired wife behind a white picket fence house being Mr. Donut Boy, mm -hmm. at the same time imposing his judgment, mm -hmm. right, wrong, no indifferent, on whatever he deems immoral. Mm -hmm. And that is America. And that's America's blood ethic. Mm -hmm. And Dexter, or playing Christopher Anderson in 24, mm. where you've got this morality problem. It's just as much fun of playing Elliot Mason in MacGyver. It's mm -hmm. just as much fun. And I understand your mother was also a jazz pianist, too. So, you, so you're yeah, a trumpeter. And I want yeah. So I want to talk about. I, I don't want to. I don't want. I want to continue to talk about the acting, but I do want to talk a bit about the music. And you've also performed with some of your fellow actor musicians. I guess Jeff Goldblum. I don't know who you. I don't know what the current configuration of the band is now, or how you play now. But <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is one of the great human beings walking planet Earth. Let me just give you the one of the kindest, most eccentric informed, curious, delightful people that I've ever known. Lloyd and I were sitting thinking about old times and Jimmy Tolkien, James Tolkien, who plays the principal in Back to the Future and the cigar smoking commandant in Top Gun and a great actor I did four plays with. And we're all sitting around remembering the theater days and up comes Sean Astin and Corey Feldman and some other people. And I think it was Sean who said, man, you guys have known each other a long time. And then somebody said, yeah, but Peter, you've known actually Jeff Goldblum longer. And I said, yes, I met Jeff the night he lost his virginity. And without a pause, without a nano piece, Christopher Lloyd said, what were you doing there? <laughs> That, without a pop. <laughs> that is how fast Christopher Lloyd is, man. And so Jeff Goldblum and I played. We played in Bugaloo Banzai. We got a band together thanks to a guitar player won two Grammys at Peter Harris. Wow. We played for a long time. And so Miles, I would rather talk about Miles and Coltrane, Sinatra, Duke Ellington, Stravinsky, uh, you know, I mean... Those are heroes. Those are, those are really. I don't know who was it. Was it Pascal? Who was it said that all art forms can only aspire to music? When you're pl when you're performing as um, as an actor, is music a way in for you? You talk about improvisation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Music is music is music is my way into everything, to directing, to everything. Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.